Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Man of Host Weekend Review Show. I'm your host Ali, and joining me this evening, we only have one person, but it's the most important one. How are we, David? I'm very well, Ali. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, buddy. It's seen uh, just off the pod. It's been a long time since it's just been the the tag team champions of Man of the Post. Well, that's it. I mean, Triple H and Shawn Michaels back together again, but I'm uh, no surprise that uh, Villa's first defeat in 11 sees the end of Simon O'Regan's run on this podcast. So. Yes, um, it'll be interesting to see the result next week to see if that's a a long term thing. I wonder if Villa <laughs> are on the beach now. They've, they've accepted top four is not for them, and they've decided, you know what, bugger it, we'll stay on the beach. <laughs> well, we'll see. Right, shall we crack straight into the games, Dave? Um, only three games on Saturday, so but a lot of goals in the very first game. Crystal Palace four, West Ham three, Dave. Um, <laughs> Did you have this down, ever have this down as a seven-goal thriller? Absolutely not. I, I genuinely had this down as 1-0 Palace, maybe, or even 1-0 West Ham. Both managers aren't exactly known for their attack influence. No. Um, I mean, all West Ham's goals came from set pieces. And they were, they were absolutely dreadful, really, in open play, to be quite fair. They, um, they didn't make an awful lot, which is a strange thing to say about a team who scored three goals, but all the goals were corners, or I think Suchek was involved in possibly all of them, and also give Palace a goal by just letting Jeff Schlupp tackle him, you know, as you, as you do. <laughs> um, it was a strange game, because uh, it, it felt like, like an end-of-season game with nothing riding on it, but West Ham are still probably a couple of points away from being certain of safety, um, whereas Palace, Palace are Palace, like, you know, and, and Roy Hodgson will just come back in time three years, and they just, <laughs> there they are, there they are, sat on 40 points with four games to spare in 11th, like, some things never changed. Yeah, I feel Palace should just start the season or end the season there. Just let's just call it. Even just give them fair eight points. Just give them a point in the game and just sit them on eleventh, twelfth, um, because you know that's where they're going to be. Well, that's it. What's the point in playing the playing the season? Not really. It does, so it seems to always end the same way. Um, they have been more fun, obviously under under Roy. I mean, they couldn't be any less fun than uh, than uh, the Vieira days, where they were, you know. A bit dull, to say the least. Um, but Roy's let uh, Eze and Elise and now Zaha's back of injury and all of a sudden they're scoring four goals. So um, it'd be really interesting to see where they go in the summer. Um, there was a lot of talk about Hodgson's going to stay on as, I don't know what you'd call it, some sort of oversight, someone to lean on for like a younger manager, which I'm not sure is really the right answer. Like it, I think... It, 
if he's going to be there, he's, he's got to be the manager, hasn't he? Like, I, I don't, I don't think there's any great benefit in, in telling a new manager while you're in charge. But you know, we're doing things by Uncle Roy every now and again. Like, it didn't really fill you with confidence, does it? No, no. Um, it'd feel like it's a big shadow cast over them as well. Well, it would, wouldn't it? And it would be known that, like, as soon as the results go bad, people would be like, ah, oh, just put Roy back in. You know, like, it's. I think you either give him, like, another year or, or you just get rid of him altogether. Like, I don't really see the point in going, like, halfway over it. So, um, Paris has got a fairly big decision to make there. Um, there's no doubt they've got some very decent players, Palace. Um, we've talked about the attacking players, but even defensively, you know, Gay and, and Mitchell play for England. Um, I like Anderson, the other centre half as well, but you know, probably a bit rash sometimes, but generally very good. Um, probably need a new right back for a while now, but yeah. um, you know, it's not bad out of eleven players on the field where you, you know, could probably make a an argument for most of them to, to stay there. So um, a lot to decide at Palace, but um, I do wonder if they'll just give Roy another year and sort of buy themselves some time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, it's going to be one of these things. If C wins, I don't know what's there's five games left for Palace, four games. Four, yeah. Four If he wins all four games, I don't know who they've got. But if he was to win all four, would you not almost have to give him it, or would it be one of those like, like when Kenny was in charge for us when he came in to steady the ship, you know, and then he got the corner. You know, he definitely shouldn't have got it. But if there's not a right manager for him, this is the the biggest thing. Depending on who they're going to get, um. Because the problem is, even like if Roy's not part of the setup, just knowing that he's there to come in at any time is is never a good thing either. It's like a safety net that you don't really want. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think being honest, if they leave Hodgson in charge another year, right, they're not going to get relegated. Um, first and foremost, there's clearly going to be three teams worse than them next year. Um, be t- okay. Before you know, before balls even kicked, like you can see, like you know. We know Bournemouth are going to be down there again next year, almost certainly. Um, one of the teams he manages to stay up, which will come on to, um, you know, there's there's uh, going to be some some fairly poor teams in there. And yeah, as we just said, the, the players Palace have got, they 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 shouldn't be in the in the reckoning. Um, so they might just buy him a year and just say, you know, just to keep keep things steady, and we'll we'll come up with a plan. Um, but I don't know. Um, it's a big decision to make, isn't it? There's a lot of teams looking for managers as well, and you've got to think, you know, how high up that list of Palace going to be for some of the managers out there. They're probably going to have better offers, I think, bigger budgets anyway. Um, so I guess the jury's out for the time being. Is, is Palace the type of job, do you reckon, that company would, would possibly jump up? Obviously, um, and rave reviews, obviously, for Burnley. But, I, I mean, it is the championship, and Burnley probably still had probably the superior squad in the league regardless from coming down but you know it's a step up from Burnley but not like a stupidly high step up No I, th- I think he could probably do better if he used to leave Burnley I think his reputation as a player probably buys him a little bit more you know what I mean like you know he could he could go to um, a club like Everton now Everton obviously in a bad position at the minute but like if they were they were to stay up and they would, you know, sort out some of that ownership stuff and have a, a reasonable budget. I think, you know, company would jump at the chance to go somewhere like that. Um, he's doing extremely well with Burnley. Like he's turned that club from 
not just obviously the results because they've shut down division, but the way they play football in the space of you know pretty much the first few months of the season, he had it nailed down. Um, and this was Burnley who stereotypically, you know, <laughs> put it put it in the mixer and whatever else. Um, and he obviously you know lost a lot of their key players and um, was left with building almost in a new squad. Like they look at the team that the turn out now in the championship, it's pretty much unrecognisable. Yeah. Um, Certainly from the, from the Premier League days, and obviously you know some of those left for reasonable sums of money, which is why they were able to do it. But um, I think he's enhanced his reputation a lot. Um, it'll be a huge test to see how how Burnley get on next year, because ironically that sort of up and at them style ruffles a few feathers in the in the Premier League. If you're not used to defending against you know free kicks and diagonals and whatever else, um, whereas the teams who come up and play a nice tippy tappy kind of football. It's kind of more what they're used to, so um be very interesting to see uh, how he adapts. But uh, another job he actually might be interested in is, is Palace's opponents, West Ham, because mm. I think I touched on this last week. Um, I think even if West Ham stay up, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they if they make a managerial change this summer. Um, I say they weren't great here. Um, they got the three goals from. You know, Sutek being the biggest kid in the playground kind of thing. He, he scored one himself and flicked on two for, for other players to benefit. Um, they've got the Conference League. They might win the Conference League, which I think would, would, would definitely buy Moyes another... Well, we'd buy him the next season to start with anyway. Yeah. Um, but if he was to um, if he was to go out of that in the semis and all of a sudden the season looks like a bit of a disaster because... All right, they're on 34 points, but the next two games are Man City and Man United. So, yeah, it's just what you say, like the, the, as you say, not winning to that, so leaves them on 34 points. Their only saving grace genuinely might be just because of the teams below them. Yes. But not getting the points because you could see them losing the next two, well, well comfortably losing the next two, Man United and Man City. And then if they were to go out in the, the conference semi final, it's a lot of pressure on those last two games. It really is. Um... I mean, the next league game is after those two is Brentford sandwiched in between the two conference league semi-finals. Which Brentford's a tough place to go. Like, I mean, especially if you kind of get your eyes on other things, they're not the type of team who you can go lightly against because you know what they're like. They're very intense, and the results haven't really been there since since they were mathematically safe and whatever else. But uh, they um, they'll give you a tough workout. Obviously, Tony alone's got what, nearly twenty this season, if not more. Like he's it's going to be a handful for them. Um, but the game after that is Leeds. Um, and obviously, we'll come on to Leeds. They're, they're a different kind of disaster. But um, if Leeds are still in with any sort of a chance by then, it's going to be a huge game. And Leicester as well. Yeah, last game of the season away at Leicester. Yeah, it's too um, ultimately like you. Well, so for, for their sake, I hope they pick up some points. But uh, you wouldn't be surprised they lost that next three. Um and what the table will look like by then, I don't know. Um, strange results happen this time of year, don't they? Like it's yeah. sort of well saying, well, you know, teams haven't won in, in a few games, but um, it's notorious for odd things happening in April and May, isn't it? So we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, next up, team we've just been speaking about then, Brentford. Brentford 2-1 win at Nottingham Forest. Um, Forest, I'll be kicking themselves here um, having a 1-0 lead and then obviously 82nd minute equaliser from Tony um, I'm not going to question how he's still playing at this rate <laughs> <laughs> a 94th minute 
um, defeat. I mean, that point would have been massive for Forrest had they held on. Um, it absolutely would have been. Um, they were so comfortable that one up. I mean, they didn't ever look like they were going to get beat. Um, and then trying to get a free kick, and it's such a poorly defended free kick. Like, what on earth that wall's doing falling apart like that? It's such a crucial time, such a big game of the season. That's your basic, isn't it? Like you stand firm on the wall and get hit in the face in the 82nd minute of a relegation game. Like, if you're not going to do that, then you kind of deserve what happened next. And then yeah. the winning goal was very marginally onside, but uh, those, are the, those are the breaks when, when you're down there. And that's a big opportunity lost for Forrest because, as I say, they've done the hard bit. They've got themselves in front. Um, and... Uh, yeah, they've had to pay the price. Um, Forest next game is Southampton at home, which it's fancy they absolutely have to win. Yeah. Um, after that, they're away at the Chelsea, which <laughs> all right isn't, isn't the game it used to be. Um, but then they're at home to Arsenal and away at the Palace to finish. Um, they're obviously run out of games, run out of time. They're only going one way at the moment. Um, they desperately need this result. Yeah, I feel if they don't get full points against Southampton, they're done. I, I feel there's, there's I, I can maybe see them sneaking a point at Chelsea, possibly a point at Palace, but you'd like, not like to think, I'd like to think they wouldn't, but um, you'd imagine Arsenal will dispose of them fairly comfortably, um, and Palace, to be fair, and, and realistically Chelsea should, <laughs> but... It's also Chelsea. So the only points you're looking at them really, I know you we said that obviously anybody can get points at this stage of the season, but the only team they can see them getting points in is the is the Southampton one. And that and that's the must one, I guess, as well. Yeah, I mean that's uh, the win that puts them on thirty-three. I don't think that'll be enough to keep anybody up, but um it's looking more and more likely. Well, I mean we've just seen Everton take the lead at Leicester. Um much to Carl's delight. Um, it's you've got to think that the teams down there are going to are going to make a fight of it, aren't they? You can't expect them to get relegated on the points they've got now. So um, it's going to uh, it's going to build up quite nicely over the next few games, I think. Yeah, it's, it's mad to think so. I mean, after the Leicester Everton game, however it finishes, but they're all they've all got four games to go, and only what only two or three, sorry, now Everton, sorry. Three or five are above thirty points. Thirty or above. That's um that's a scary little total um come the end of the season. It is. I mean the days of forty points being safe are uh, long gone now, I think. Forty yeah. points is mid forty points is mid table now. Pushing for Europe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll be yeah, be, next weekend will be really interesting, I think, come come the bottom of the table. I mean every week seems to be but there's a few few tasty ties coming up, and this if Everton can hold on, is is massive. Like playing a team who you're right beside in points, um, if Everton can come away with that, that's like the most maybe one of the most important wins of a Deitch's managerial career. Well, that's it. I mean, I know Sai was big on uh, on Dean Smith going out last year. I think we all thought that with that little push for a new manager, they would, they would pull himself to safety, but. Uh, this would be a real kick in the teeth if they lose this, but obviously they've only played yeah. 17 minutes or something, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. 
we'll see come the end what it's like. It won't be full time, but we'll see. Um, on to the the weekend review show's second favourite team for everyone. Um, Brighton six, Wolves nil. I'll repeat that, Dave. Brighton six. Um, when we when we started the the Brighton love affair train, did we ever imagine Brighton for six goals in a game? Definitely not, but I couldn't imagine a team playing as poorly as Wolves have in, in any Premier League game, except maybe Tottenham last weekend. But um, <laughs> Wolves look like a team who got a big win in midweek and secured their Premier League status because they did not play this um, like a team who needed anything over. And, you know, 37 points, I'm pretty sure will be enough, as we just discussed. But um, there's been on the beach. And then there's, there's been on another planet, which is what Wolves seem to be for the majority of this game. Um, Jose Atar has been a very good goalkeeper since he came to England, but he just, I don't know what he'd taken before this match, but it wasn't good. <laughs> and Wolves tried to play from the back over and over and over again and just got, got the ball nicked off them over and over again. Um, the finish from Undav, um, little dink, was very nice. It's an underrated type of finish, that. You don't see it, don't see it often enough, but... Fair play. Um, Brighton could have had any number of goals here, really. Six was probably lucky for Wolves in the end. <laughs> Danny Welbeck scored two as well, just to... I know. Well, that's yeah. Robin Salt in the wind. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get any worse than that, does it? I, I do feel like... I mean, we, we praise Brighton every week, and, and I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I'm keeping the team next year as well. They're, they're my team I'm following. Um, but I, do, I, do, I just don't understand. I, I don't know who their manager is anymore, Dave. I'm not going to lie. Um, I have no idea how Wolves are safe. Um, I don't know. I, I can't name any wins. I can't. I can only name maybe two players nowadays. Um, I have no idea or anything. They're just. It reminds me. I used to compare Brighton and Huddersfield as the same team <laughs> because they just. You could have told me any player played for them um, until obviously Potter kind of clicked into gear and started playing some nice football and then a new guy came in. But Wolves, after their first season, have just became a very meh team. Like They're not exactly great defensively. They're not exactly like fluent in attack. I don't remember winning games when we're talking about them. But I feel they're never in trouble. I know, I know you're saying like they've secured safety, but I never feel like they're near the bottom three. They're just... They're Crystal Palace, but the Midlands. Well, they've apparently won three of the last five, which is incredible, because I, obviously I remember them beating Palace because that was just last week, but um, I don't remember where their, uh, where their other wins have come from. Um, I'm sure it was around Christmas or just after World Cup, they were, they were more or less bottom of the table and they'd, they'd scored about four goals, hadn't they? It was, uh, it was pretty bleak, but uh, Lopetegui came in um, and... Obviously, he gets very upset every week. He looks like he's going to shout and rave at anybody who will listen. Um, but somehow, they've cobbled together enough points uh, to well to stay up, uh, which was the aim of the game. Uh, now, how far I'll take next season, I don't really know. Um, as you say, they've had a lot of sort of meh performances and they've got a lot of meh players. So I suppose I'll have to ship some of those out over the summer. Um, Pedro Neto has been a big miss. He's, he's finally back from, I think, got a big knee injury or maybe a cushion, but either way, he's, uh, he's finally working his way back to full fitness, so he'll be a plus for them. But uh, they've got a lot of players who um, who just go missing, don't they? Um, 
I feel like a lot of Deadwood, they almost need to find an, an identity and start shipping out. Yes, I think, I think that's that's for certain. I mean, you know, Diego Costa's been leading the line recently. Yeah. Um, and he's a try-hard, but he's also about five years past his best. So, um, I know they spent big money on, uh, is it Cunha? Uh, let it go Madrid. Uh, he wasn't really done that much since he came in. Um, so, the goal-scoring problems have been a thing for a fair while now. I'm not sure where Jimenez has gone. I mean, he might be injured again. I haven't seen his name for a while. Um, but they're safe this year, like many clubs. They've got the summer to, to ponder what happens next. But, uh, you know, mission accomplished for, the, for this season, I think, considering where they were. Um, and they've got some, some reasonable players to to kick on with. But, you know, I mean, how long is Ruben Neves going to hang around there before he finally moves? Like he's linked with every transfer window or move to anywhere else. Well, yeah, this is it. Um, again, he's he's one of those players I forgot even played, Dave. Like he was, like, <laughs> he was so highly rated, you know, when he came in. Um, obviously, he went to them in the championship, I believe, the last season. Um, lots of big teams were talking about signing him, and I feel he just, unless he's scoring from thirty yards, he doesn't exist. <laughs> it's like one of those bots. I'm not sure he's actually real. It's just somebody who's <laughs> name on. If there's a good goal scored in the game, let's just say Ruben Neves scored that. Um, Brighton, where can they go, Dave? Like, where can Brighton? Are they? Is this their peak? Well, this season they can. There's no reason why they can't finish in Europe. I mean, they've got three games in hand, so assuming they don't get fatigued, they'll be all right. I mean, they made five changes here to try and freshen the squad up a bit after recent endeavours. Um, that obviously did them no harm. Um, they've also got this conveyor belt of, of young players who, all right, they come from all over the globe, but. They also be really quite good at football, which is the main thing. So, um, if they can keep that core together and maybe maybe sign, uh, you know, a, a finisher. I mean, young Evan Ferguson, who um, has been getting games this season, looks the real deal. He's just very young and seems to be picking up a few knocks at the minute. But Welbeck's fine, but you know, he, he's always been a bit of a sort of a one in three, one in four kind of striker. Um, <laughs> if you're being generous, yeah. Um, I think I read the agreed a fee for João Pedro from Watford, who's um, a number ten kind of player, second striker. I wouldn't say he was like a an out and out number nine, but it's that kind of player who will fit in well. And I guess the other question is, you know, if they do qualify for Europe, how are they going to cope playing Thursday Sunday, um, which has scuppered a lot of teams over the years. Um, who've you know had good seasons and then had to sort of have a poor season because of the, of the extra demands. So um, there's a lot to sort out. Um, De Zerbi, the manager, um, we knew, we knew from his Sassuolo days that he played a good brand of football. But I don't think anyone expected to be as good as this. Um, I'll be amazed if he doesn't get an offer from somewhere else. Um, whether he takes it, I don't know, but I think he'll be sought after this summer. Yeah, you'd imagine so. I mean, like I don't think anybody could have expected the, especially we. I think we did we not say it last week as well. We were quite not critical, but very mad on him in the first three four games. He was. I don't think he won for his first five or six games. I mean, I think they were quite tough from memory, but um, he didn't hit the ground running uh, after Potter's great start. Um, and I think a lot of us raised an eyebrow when he came because. 
I didn't know an awful lot about him, to be quite honest. And you know, that's bright all over those. We don't know about a lot of the players they signed, but they all seem to be pretty good. <laughs> they're obviously doing something right. Yeah, we'll see. I think their biggest challenge, let alone keeping on to the manager, might be holding on to some of those midfielders. Um, so yeah, we will. Keep well, and Enzo seems to be the, the latest one who's come through from. I want to say Paraguay. I might be wrong. Um, who just looks like an absolute handful every game he plays. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, McAllister's a World Cup winner, so um, they've got plenty of options in there. Um, and, I, you know, I hope they hope they keep the core of it together because they could, you know, they could really mess things up at the top for a few seasons to come yet. Yeah, and, and they're fun. I mean, I think we said it last week, Dave, they might, they might be the most enjoyable team in the league to watch. Um, Probably. And they've got to play Man City, Man United and Arsenal yet this season, um, which is either good news for them or bad news for them. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I think it's they're going to have a big say in where the title goes, fundamentally. Um, they've got a lot to play for themselves, so it's uh, it's going to be a team to watch for certain. Yeah, right. Let's move on to the Sunday, where the bulk of the games were played, Dave. Um Right, sorry Ross, but let's talk Burnmouth leads her off, Dave. Uh, 4-1 Burnmouth, um, I'd say secure in safety. Um, yes. Um, and looking at Leeds' remaining fixtures, maybe relegating Leeds. Yeah, I mean, some of us speculated last week that Bournemouth weren't safe, but here they are, six points further on. Um, good win in Southampton on Thursday night. Um pretty much guaranteed them safety and this one was just the icing on the cake um, Melier had a game to forget I think it's fair to say um, <laughs> I know Ross has defended him goalkeeper's union for a while now but even he seemed to have uh, he's gave up yeah. <laughs> even he seemed to have had enough of him I mean <laughs> one of the goals like as a goalkeeper you know, the catcher you can punch it don't like pat it down into the <laughs> into the goal mouth I mean that's not a good idea is it um, it's the type of Goalkeeping performance where like you wish they had a decent experienced backup. I know Joel Robles is experienced in terms of age, but he hasn't played an awful lot. because um, he just needs to take up the firing line, I think. They've considered sixty seven goals this season, you know, it might be time for a bit of a break, but um Leeds were awful defensively again. Um I know they weren't good under Jesse Marsh, obviously, and they weren't that great defensively under Bielsa, but at least they were fun then. This is yeah, especially Bielsa. At least Bielsa had about you know there was you knew what to expect. It was just we're going to attack you, and then if you don't score, we're going to cause you problems. Well, Leeds just seemed to concede hatfuls of goals to everybody who, like, yeah. you know, like Palace and Bournemouth, both in the bottom half, have put a combined ten past nine or ten. I can't remember. Palace got five or six five, in the end, but yeah, I thought it was five, but yeah, nine. Yeah. Either way, like, that's just two examples of... Yeah, yeah. it's like... It's not good, is it? <laughs> um, a lot of speculation today now that Javi Gracia is going to be removed as manager, interim manager. Yeah, another interim manager who hasn't, hasn't really worked. Not to say, you know, Marsh was, was a better choice or anything like that, but um, it just goes to show that these interim managers are on hiding and nothing a lot of the time. Um, it looks fairly apparent that, you know, Leeds don't have enough players of a Premier League quality to keep them in the division. Um, and no amount of managers is going to change that. Manager will change, if I say. Um, 
if it goes now, I think Ross thinks it's Stuart Dallas we put in charge for four games, which um, <laughs> is brave to say the least. Um, if they bring in uh, an interim manager, another interim manager, <sighs> who's that going to be for four games? Like, and what difference can they possibly make? Uh, it just seems. I think there are games on the wall for Leeds, to be honest. Um, yeah, they're not. Uh, they're, they're not good, obviously, and they seem to get worse at the, at the worst possible time for them. So, um, I don't have high hopes for them getting out of this, but you never know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have actually minded having Ross. I don't know if you you know roughly, Dave. Have have we spent a lot of money since coming back? I spent quite a bit in January on. Uh, is it Verber, the center, the defender, and uh, I said somebody else. Um, I've got a feeling these edges. I mean, some um, what, do you, what do you call him, the, the lad from Feyenoord, as well, um, who came in last summer. Right. He's um, he didn't come cheap, as far as I know. Uh, he was the lad who um, a couple of the Dutch football experts said was actually a better buyer than Anthony from Ajax, um, which I mean. In, in, in hindsight, isn't that much of a compliment, but still. Um, yeah, they signed Rutter, who's a forward from Hoffenheim, and they signed Verber from Salzburg, who's a defender. I think they both cost a fair amount. Um, Tyler Adams, I think, from Leipzig, wasn't cheap. Some experienced players. I look at another list of players they signed, like, absolutely none of them have played in the Premier League before. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Drew Robles, but I mean, you know, um, he doesn't really count. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying you know you've got to have Premier League quality, had Premier League um, experience to do well, but it certainly doesn't go amiss at a time like this, does it? Not in a relegation. Like, I can understand like when you're when you when you're first promoted, not you don't have to do it then. But if you're in a relegation battle year after year, maybe at, like the odd experienced player, just to just to organise, because it's the one thing yeah. um, I was talking about today when I was golfing. I, I do feel James Milner would be perfect for them, just for a year, just to just go in. Everything that I hate about Liverpool, just scream and shout, but like, at least a young team and could do with somebody like him just setting examples. Well, funny enough, I read in the week as well, he's possibly going to Brighton, which is... Uh, well, this is where fo- my conversation started, which was very strange. Fo- following the Adam Lallana uh, pathway. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, though. They, they need uh, some Premier League heads in there, if that makes sense. Um, and if they just don't have it. Um, that's not to say these players they've bought in aren't good enough, but they're just, you know, to take time to adapt and... Uh, some have done better than others, shall we say. I mean, uh, Nondo, the sort of Italian left-wing forward type player, mm-hmm. um, is uh, is very good, but he doesn't seem to be in the team that much recently. Yeah, and, and you feel for any players coming in as well in, in their defence, because they're coming into a team who have been fairly much in turmoil for, for most of the season. <laughs> um, no manager settling in. They, they, they feel, I feel they've never had a a set system, tactics, um, just kind of get on with it. So then if they're having a bad game and then their team's changing, so we'll take you out and, and put somebody else back in. And I just, I don't know, I just, it's, it's all of a bit of a mess um, down there. 
Uh, yes, to say the least, I think. Uh, it's do it would like an update from uh from Leicester. Oh what have we got? What have we got? Well Leicester are now winning two one. So oh. Carl's jubilation lasted about fifteen minutes and now it's I imagine he's a very sad Carl. So sad or angry. <laughs> well could either way. I'm guessing he's not at the game, I'm gonna guess and there's um No, I, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's gone to Leicester, but uh do you think the TV's been turned off yet? Do you think we can invite him in? <laughs> I think there's going to be a chance of a, of a half-time update at this rate. <laughs> um, uh, right, we'll move on. Fulham, one, Man City, two. This game looked like it was going to be very comfortable after three minutes. <laughs> when mm. Man City scored after three minutes, you're not feeling good for, for Fulham, but they did pull one back, um, and then Alvarez getting the, the winner, and then City kind of just coasted out the game. Yeah, Fulham gave a good account themselves. Um, as you say, it looked pretty bleak early on when uh, City scored the penalty, but uh, Fulham came back and and yeah, had a, it's a really a really good goal for most of the second half as well. I mean, you know, obviously against City, your chances are few and far between really for getting the ball, but they, um, they had a few reasonable penalty shouts, but probably, probably weren't ever going to be penalties. But um, they gave a good go. They did a lot better than many teams do playing against Man City, but um, City are just a machine at this time of year. As we've said over the last few weeks, they, um, they've they really got the foot on the throat now. And uh, I'd be very surprised if they didn't didn't win the league from here. Um, obviously, they went top with this win. I imagine Arsenal go back top tomorrow night briefly. Um, don't think Chelsea are much cop these days, but... <laughs> I guess I guess there's there's always a chance though with the players they've got, you know, individual brilliance could could make a difference. But generally, Man City will win the league. It's just a matter of when, not if, for me. Yeah, I I hope wholeheartedly. I've said this for for weeks that I was just waiting on Man City. They they just don't lose games. They they just know how to win. Um, I mean, it's easy to do when you've got such a expensive assembled squad that you can rotate so much that. Tyron doesn't really come into play. Mares only seems to turn up for the last two months. <laughs> um, but I mean, we we can say the same things over and over about City, so we'll we'll kind of leave them alone. Sorry, City fans, but I'm mightily impressed with Fulham this season. Um, I don't know about you, Dave, but they're they're probably about ten places higher where I expected them. Yeah, I, I thought they'd be involved in the in the bottom end of the table. They usually are. Um, sort of been a bit of a yo-yo cycle recently um, but they've been excellent um, and even when obviously Mitrovic has been missing for um, a few games now is it four five six games however he's missed out of his of his mighty ban um, they haven't been terrible without him um, Carlos Vinicius scored a good goal here well taken um, I was reading today they've signed Mo Icardi next season Hold up. If you, if you believe everything you read in the press. Oh, right, okay. So I thought this was legit. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it was in, uh, uh, what do you call it, Spanish publication? Mar- Marsa? Marco? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, they seem to think. I mean, I also didn't realise he was playing for Galatasaray these days, but still. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what draft was in just now. You know, more, more money, less effort in the <laughs> Turkish league. But, um, yeah, very odd. Um I don't know how he'd get on in the Premier League at his right old age, but 
I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I'd love that. He's a player I wanted at Liverpool a few years ago, um, and he's just a pretty much. He's not. He's not a very nice person. Have you? Have you noticed? Well, but I imagine him. Bit of it will get on like a house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> There'll definitely be fireworks, that's for sure. <laughs> um, right, we'll go to the, the other end of Manchester and the reason why Simon didn't want to join us tonight. Uh, Man United won Aston Villa nil. Uh, Bruno with a goal, so I'm guessing there was no tears in this game. Um, that's a massive win for Man United. Um, pretty much secures top four for them now. Yeah, this was certainly the final nil in Villa's. Coffin, the Champions League hopes, which I don't think anyone really harboured, but yeah. um, it certainly ends them as a competitor. Villa were disappointing here, I thought, the way they've been playing recently, playing on the counter-attack against Lindelof and Shaw, I thought Watkins might have had some joy, but um, I think they were very, very poor by all accounts. They had a bit of a goal late on and had a little bit of a flurry towards towards getting an equaliser, but nothing, nothing uh, that severe, and uh, you know, fundamentally, Man United didn't really look like they were ever going to not win once they took the lead. Um, the goal was very close to being offside, but obviously wasn't offside. So um, that was that. I thought Martinez could have done better on the goal as well. I don't think it was the, the, the I think it was the best shot I've ever seen Rashford take, and I think Martinez probably should have parried it away further than uh, than he did. But he doesn't make many mistakes, so I don't think we'll be getting too much abuse over it. No, definitely not. I mean, he's he's top three goalkeepers in the league comfortably, and probably save Villa more than he's he's hanging on. But I feel I've said this to Simon a few times. This was always going to be my issue with Villa. Then coming into the season, they've just not got the squad to make changes to to change things up. Watkins has to play ninety minutes every minute every week, um, and the amount he runs I can't be good good for him. <laughs> you know, to keep that energy up. I mean, he he, he still does it right enough, but the changes just. I'm looking at this. You're bringing on Callum Chambers, um, albeit for Ashley Young, but Ashley Young's like 65 year old now. Um, probably been one of their best players this season, so it's no, no knocking him. Um, bringing obviously Bertrand Torre on, who's just back for injury. They're bringing on Lucas Dino on, so like they're just swapping like for like. Um, I don't know who John Duran is. Uh, obviously, I don't know if you know. He's the uh, the young Colombian striker that signed to him. Right, okay. I think I think I think of him the MLS, but uh, he's he's like eighteen, seventeen or something. He's... Yeah, so that's it's not for a team pushing in inverted commas for top four and for European places. That's where they need to strengthen for next year. They they need three or four players that are arguably good enough for first team that make first teamers, you know, subs. But they just need to bolster that squad a bit, especially in the. The, the attacking options um, defensively they're they're all right they've got um, Diego Carlos still sitting on the bench obviously who was the the big signing last summer uh, fair play to Mings and and Cons obviously their forms picked up you can't really knock them but I just feel that attacking once the if Buendia's not on it if Watkins doesn't score you know McKinnon and Ramsey are full of full of running fine but there's just no no changes that they can make that changes setup or changes style or can just give you yeah. the, it's just a case of getting walkings over the top and hoping for the best I think they're the missing Coutinho and, and Leon Bailey now I think Coutinho seems to run on his race as a Premier League player for me I think yep. the era of that kind of player is probably over with um, I, to be honest he wasn't really getting the team anyway when he was fit so um, 
I don't think he's necessarily the answer, but uh, obviously it would have been an option. And uh, Leon Bailey's the most stereotypical winger you'll ever see in your life, where like some games he's unplayable, the next game he's absolutely atrocious. So um, midfield, like not that midfield was they did, but he seemed to take everything together at the start of the Emery reign. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I'm missing a few, but I think you're right that they do need to uh, to bolster that squad and still every chance they'll play in Europe next season. Um, I think they've got Spurs to play next week, maybe or or soon. Um, I think it is. Let's have a look. Matches. Yeah, so Wolves, Wolves on the six, which will be Saturday, and then yeah, Wolves then Spurs, and, and then and then ourselves. And Jason. Oh. Quite a fun, that's a, fun that's a, and then Brighton to finish with. So that's a fun four games for Villa. That, um, well, it's a, it's an absolute shootout, isn't it? I mean, the games against the game against yeah, I mean that game against Spurs is probably a shootout for for what could be sixth or seventh, yeah. and uh, depending on how Brighton's games in hand go. Um, um, yeah, that's going to be you know at least it's all in their own hands. If you listen carefully, you can actually just hear Carl putting his foot through the telly. Um, oh, that's 3 1. Uh, no, it's at the bar. But oh. Calvert Lewin's just missed an open goal at one end, and then Vardy's going down the other end and uh, hit the bar. Oh, Poor have, Carl. Vardy had scored. <laughs> well, he scored the second one. I mean, honestly, you won't believe this miss from Calvert Lewin. I mean, this is obviously riveting podcast, but like. Everton go down the left and they just put a nice little cross in low and Calvert Lewin from probably three yards managed to hit the keeper who's like sort of on one leg. Oh, it's impossible to explain, but here we are. I've just um, I've slapped on the TV as well, just for the enjoyment. <laughs> getting the Vardy turning. Is that Michael Keane, is it? Yeah. Uh, yes, Michael Keane is now inside out, so that's not good for him. Vardy's but, I mean, every time I say Vardy's finished, he's, he's done quite well there. Well, all he had to do was play, play against the geriatric defence. and uh... <laughs> Very true, yeah. Um, right, yeah, right, we'll leave that alone, because I don't want to praise Man United. Um, and we'll come on to yourselves, Dave. Um, ah. Gave Southampton a little glimmer of hope. Um, 1-0 with, with Celtic's own Stuart Armstrong, um, which is nice to see him score there, I'm not going to lie, um, as long as he's got the win. And then Callum Wilson... Kind of, he scored and he had one disallowed for offside, I believe it was. Walcott on goal and then Callum Wilson again. Um, just yeah. So what happened at half time? Well, the, the changes made there. Um, so in Eddie Howard's words, he had to get Wilson on the field, which I totally understand at one uh, nil down. Um, Anthony Gordon was sacrificed. Now he'd actually had probably his best game for us in the first half. He, he hit the post, he hit, he hit the side net. And, he was the only one who looked likely to make something happen, but um, as I put it, to get Wilson on, he had to take someone off. You're not going to take off Isaac, who's a goal threat. Um, and recently, you know, Murphy's been great, Joel Lynn's been great, Willock's been great. So, um, unfortunately for Gordon, he was sort of first one in, first one out. Um, so he last one in, first one out. So um, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's not really his fault. Um, and again, you know, Wilson's come on and scored twice, so no one's <laughs> going to question the decision. <laughs> it's hard to question when it's worked so efficiently. 
Um, and well, I, Wilson, I mean, you'll know better than me do, but it seems they've got a very good understanding as well, very quickly. Yeah, they, they, they don't play together very often, um, but you know, they're both centre forwards, really. But there's been times like you know Brentford this season, we had to put them both on, and I think there's it's only a matter of time before we end up playing them both together, um, which will probably mean Isaac from the wing and uh, and Wilson through the middle. Um, I'm not against it. Uh, I mean, have you seen our fourth goal against Everton on, on Thursday night? But um, Isaac's run from the left wing position is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm ben, just going to bring that up. Godfrey, He'd be the full and Godfrey now might need to retire from football as a result. Um, but that's what he can do. Like he's he's not just a centre forward. He's also not as good as Wilson at holding the ball up. So playing against you know three centre halves who were pretty deep on, on Saturday and Sunday didn't really suit him as, as being the lone striker. Um, but it's good to have options, um, which you know in previous years we, we wouldn't have had. So um, there's no doubt that under sort of the previous regime and the previous managers we wouldn't have come back and, and won this game. Um, it's just another sort of feather in the cap that we can go behind, we can go to a plan B, we can we can find ways to win, which we have done a lot this season. Um, we're now on 65 points. I think 73 is the guarantee at this point to get Champions League football. That's assuming I think it's Brighton win all their remaining games because they've got so many games in hand that they're the ones who <laughs> yeah. they can achieve the highest total, I think. Yeah, I, I um, think. I think you're not going to have to worry about energy behind you, Dave. I think top four is is firmly secured. Uh, well, you say that, but I can feasibly see Liverpool winning all five remaining games. That which is fine, which only takes us to 71. You need, yeah. You've only got five games. Like, there's no way you're going to lose three of your last five, and you've got a better goal difference than us. Yeah. I just can't. I mean, it, it looks good for us, admittedly, but, you know... We've... I know, you just want to see it. You don't want much... to it, but... Uh, I mean, what are your last remaining fixtures? Let's have a look. I mean, you... So, so Ars- we've, got, we've got Arsenal next week. Which... Leeds. Fuck, give up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Leeds. It's fine. Well, the, the, the only thing I'd say is that all the teams we've got to play, with the exception of Chelsea on the last day, have got stuff to play for. Right, so yeah. it's not like we're playing anyone who's just, you know, in a trick giggle. Um, and... I don't know, that might work in our favour if some of these teams need to come and win because, as I said before, when teams come out to play against us, that's ideal for the way we play football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that and sitting with 10 behind the ball on, on Sunday, was it, was it you know, it's difficult for us? So it's not it's not our natural game to to sort of play with everyone, but, you know, play against a, an all-out defence. Um, so I'm still confident. I still think we'll, we'll get it, but, it, you know, until it's done, it's not done. Um, we've seen Leicester over the years be in a position similar to this and still manage to throw it away, and that's what's playing in the back of my mind. If, if you don't manage top four by the come the end of the season, Eddie Howe should be sacked immediately. I'm sorry. I said the same about Jordan. <laughs> I'll say the same about Eddie Howe. I just feel you're in such a good position. I just can't see. And as you say, I think the teams you've got to play against might help as well, Dave. As you say, teams have got to attack. Arsenal don't defend anyway. They're not, they're not good at defensive. So again, that, that should be a fun game. Leeds one can't defend. <laughs> There's that. Uh, Brighton ten not to. Brighton have brought. I think out all the games that we've got might be the hardest one because they're fairly organised defensively, while not being a defensive team. 
Um, but I think, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if you don't finish on, I don't know, even taking, what, 15, say, 10, three wins and a draw, even one defeat in there. You've only lost, what, four times this season? Uh, yes, that's right. Maybe, yeah. Um, and one of them was against, against a very good Villa team as well. Um, just on the day, were probably at their best and, and you weren't at it, really. So it's been a phenomenal season, as you say, regardless. But no, nah, I just can't see it. I just, Liverpool won't win all five games. Um, I know the, the potential's there, but they just won't. They, I mean, realistically, they probably shouldn't have won the game we're ready to talk about soon. So, yeah, just forming it. I'm really excited to see especially for yourself, not I couldn't give a monkey at the end, but I'm really interested to see what you do in the summer and um, how the and how Europe goes for you next season, really. Yeah, I think it's exciting because the calibre of player we can potentially attract goes up another notch um, with with a top four finish. Um, I think we'll spend wisely. I don't. I think you know we're not going to do like a Nottingham Forest and sign 25 players, but. Um, <laughs> I am very interested to see how we how we shape the squad because although we've got we've probably got maybe seventeen who are of the right can of the right caliber of player. Um but there's a lot of like, you know, like Paul Dummett's Mankeos, um Matt Ritchie and Jamal Lewis and all these others who uh who have been good servants in some cases but they're not of the caliber we need now, so uh, shifting them on half the battle, really. And then you've got and some of the players we've had from fairly not mediocre players, it's, but I feel that's half because they're not away finishing the top four. But some of the players that you would look at and you'd be like, well, they shouldn't be playing in a top four side. Their, their valuation has gone up as well. So you might get silly bids for some of them as well, you know, like from like lower mid table teams in the Premier League who are looking at using Longstaff as an example. Um, you only wish for maybe St Maximum was still on a, on you know the form he was at the end of last year, especially to look for the outsiders that you could have got because I think you you agreed that he's probably likely to leave in the summer. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see us cash in on him. Uh, yeah. I think he's just always injured, um, which it's not really his fault necessarily. You know, I don't think it's. The way he looks after himself, and I think he's just one of those players who's always going to have hamstring issues. Um, and when you're playing twice a week, you need everyone available, or, you know, as often as possible. Um, so I think if there's interest and there's a sizable bid comes in, it, it almost balances the books a little bit, whilst uh, whilst removing that particular headache. Yeah, I'll be yeah, it'll be fun. We'll show we'll show see. This will be the I feel this is the key. I've said that every transfer window, I guess. This is the key test of, of Eddie Howe. Um, and a little update, Dave, I'm guessing you're still watching, but um, not only has Everton lost Seamus Coleman to a stretcher injury, so hopefully it's nothing as serious as that, but Leicester now have a penalty in the 52nd minute of the first half. Yeah, with handball against, um, I didn't see it was against actually, but I see Madison and, T- and Tillman just having words there over who's going to take it. It's always a good sign when you don't have your penalty takers. Madison's one out, so that's fine. He's well, uh, sorry for any of the listening, but this is exciting for me. Hey, this is this is our start of uh, 
been called up by Five Live for, for oh, coverage of. Oh, that's what I'm Oh my god. If Martin wanted a big move, he has just ruined it with that penalty. He he should be. See if Leicester go down this season. That's just. He should be banned from football. That's inexplicably bad. Yeah, I bet he Keelman's is human right now. <laughs> well, he, he's he, well, he's always kind of mad. Yeah. Oh, Pickford, tiny arms, celebrating. Um, right. Let's move on to maybe the craziest game of the. Of the weekend, um, craziest finish anyway. Um, and Richarlison might be the, the after watching that penalty, Richarlison's still the most stupid man um, <laughs> in football this weekend. So it was Liverpool four, Spurs three. Um, Liverpool rushed into a final lead. Um, not gonna lie, Dave, I was fuming to see Salah step up to take the penalty, which I also thought he missed. Um, I, was, I was surprised to be honest, I thought I thought by now that uh. They'd have put someone else on, but uh, I guess I, I don't think he's ever been a good penalty target. To be honest, like I think he's uh, he's lucky with some of his penalties. He just hits them low and hard a lot of the time. But uh, full of confidence when he steps up to take one. You know when you just know some players. Um, I've never thought that was with Salah because um, he doesn't strike the ball cleanly even when he scores his goal. He kind of he's he's got this very good knack of curling the ball into the ground sometimes and letting it bounce. Yeah. Yeah. and it works we can't do that every penalty <laughs> um, uh, Carter Stones took his goal very well another trip uh, Luis Diaz getting a goal back on his first start since the the bad what, what, what do you make of Curtis Jones because I, I feel like he gets a, lot, a bit of a raw deal for a young player who hasn't done that badly when he's played for you I mean he, I'm sure he played Champions League game where he got like three or four assists in one night right um, my issue with Curtis Jones, especially the way we used to play, Dave, is he just slows up play too much. Mm. He, he he's young, like no issue with that. I, I I don't think he's good enough for the level we should be at. But the for a team who's 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 sixth, then yeah, he's probably fine for like a mid-table team. Um, he's got a lot of ability, um, but he just holds. You know that midfielder? I don't know if you got it when you were playing. That just that thinks they're a player or even knows they're a player but they just keep the ball too long in midfield you know it's always yes. like two three extra touches and then by then the, the counter attack's gone or your your striker's then offside because he's had to be on and off five times before the pass that's Curtis Jones uh, right, okay. um, there's definitely talent there uh, I do feel I feel I'm being harsh on Klopp but I feel the way he's become I feel if he'd come through when we first got Klopp he would have been a better player than he is under this club, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, but, uh, there's definitely ability, ability there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him at uh, a Brighton. Uh, like a, I want to see like a West Ham as such, but I feel he's better. He's not a West Ham relegation player. He's, he's definitely like a mid-tier. I could have seen you guys taking him a couple of seasons ago, you know, before you got proper midfielders um, I'm not sure he's a centre midfielder which kind of doesn't help he's kind of in the use I feel he was more like a number 10 type player so it's kind of I, I don't know Dave is the answer um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Jones because of the way he's played I always feel he kind of makes us work but the last two games if you're honest he's been really good so fair play to him if he keeps that up keep him in the team but a bit like your Elliot and Carvalho 
I do feel they're just out of their depth at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Harvey Elliott, very hit and miss for me. But I mean, I appreciate he's played. He's played in about four different positions this season. I don't think any of them are really his natural position. So um, I think long term he'll be probably a salary replacement from that sort of right wing position. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the ultimate goal. Um, a player who I'm a massive fan of, though, Luis Diaz. Um, mm, very good. Yeah, he took this goal really well. I mean, Cody Gakpo the last few weeks has got. Yeah, he stepped up, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, really made himself integral. Um, and, you know, I think we all said, like, you need a Firmino type replacement, and he, he may well be it. Um, to be doing it, yeah. He seems to uh, be doing a good job in there. Um, shall we discuss the uh, the Ollie Skip incident? Um, I can't say I've seen it, Dave. I'm not going to lie. Okay, well... <laughs> Give you a dog, so, so you me through it so, and I'll watch the video. Well in the, well, in the first half, Skip is late into a tackle. And it's one of those where when it's slowed down, he actually catches him pretty high up on the leg. And it's we've seen them giving us red cards, I think. Um, but for whatever reason, it wasn't a red card. Um, and then in the second half, um, Jota comes on and there's like a bouncing ball and Jota goes in with his foot kicks Skip in the head and gets booked, um, draws blood from Skip, has to go off injured. Um, and then Ryan Mason at the end was furious about it, saying it should have been a red card. Obviously, Jota scores the winning goal, which rubs salt in the wounds. Um, and Klopp's like, ah, well, you weren't saying that about the, the tackle in the first half, it should have been a red card. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen the incidents, I guess it's not an awful lot to discuss. I've seen, I've seen the still of the, the kick in the head. Um, one I didn't realise it was Jota. I did see they were talking about it. Um, the kick in the head one, it's it's for me it's always a red card, okay. Mm. But I feel the only person that's ever been that's ever been sent off for it was the Manny one on Ederson. Yes, I agree with that. Like, and and I agree it was a red card, right? I'm I'm fully I'm fully behind it as such. But can we get about consistency if that's the case? Yeah, um, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think. That should have been the point where everyone went, you know what, that is dangerous play, and if we're going to have people kicking people in the head, that's not good. Um, I hate it when they give when they go on about it, when players duck their heads down and get kicked in the head. Well, that's kind of on you. Um, and so I don't, those ones aren't red cards, but this one is probably very much, if not a red card, it's on the borderline of being a red card for me. Um, but I totally agree with you, what you're saying about the, the Mane one, which was about four or five seasons ago now, but I think that's still the only one I've ever seen actually be given as a red card. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there probably has been another. I can't think of another one, but obviously because the Manny one was so um, like high profile, obviously, right at the start, of the game, I think we were running 1-0 at the time. Um, and then Man City decided to batter us after that, which was fine. But I, 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 it is a red card. Um, I've just seen the Jota one. I, I, the, the replays haven't shown the skip one, so I can't really help on that one day, but the Jota one there is it's an interesting one. Um I'd have been fine with a yellow card for it. I don't know if he got a yellow for it. He did, yeah. He did. I'd have been okay with a yellow. Um but it's I feel one of those if if the foot's high and you make any I think he clips the ball first, I I seen somebody say. Might which might have been his saving grace for the yellow. But I do feel if there's any like high foot where you're above waist height. And you make any sort of contact with upper body to face, I feel you've kind of got to be. That's got to be classed as dangerous. 
you know, the, the, the key terms are reckless and dangerous. Um, I feel if you can make contact with the ball and then player, that's probably reckless. But if there's no ball and it's just player, that's got to be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it would have been a surprise to see it as a red purely because of what we just said about how there hasn't been that I, many given for it. But, but uh, is that right or not? Is it another matter? Um, actually, for me, it was it was right on the cusp of being a red card, definitely. Yeah, I feel what happened that my, again. My issue with it would have been a red card is I feel we see one every week of mm. that type and nothing happens. And this is what, and it's 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 those dangerous ones we want to get out of the game. It's my it's my big issue that um, obviously Keane's very culpable for. And I think we've seen it was it Martinelli did it the other week, the one where they just turn round away from the player and back straight into them as they're jumping. Uh, that's, um, yeah, that's an absolute twat that, trick. That, and somebody's going to break their neck. Somebody is. Yeah, no, absolutely, hundred percent. That will happen at some point. And they're not even get given his fouls most of the time, which is which is very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I for one think that's one of the most dangerous things that happen in the game very regularly Kane's made it popular I feel harsh picking on Kane but Kane's kind of made it common and using it as a tactic now and the referees just don't seem to care well it's just finishing move isn't it <laughs> yeah it is it's the signature the finisher seems to be the goal because he can still <laughs> do um, yeah so Liverpool are up Dave anyway back on football um, <laughs> Liverpool's defence do what it has done for the remainder of the season and went to sleep. Uh, Kane, with a lovely finish, no idea what Andy Robertson's doing. Um, and then Son, and then <laughs> Richarlison, um, thinking he'd snatched a point in the 93rd minute, Dave. Nah, he couldn't have been a nicer player, could it? He, uh, <laughs> I think I've seen a stat where like, he celebrated with four goals this season, three of them being disallowed. Um, <laughs> on, I think on two of those occasions he's taken his shirt off and been booked for it and then another goal is allowed and then on this one obviously took the booking and it was all for nothing because <laughs> Lucas Moura has had like <laughs> he's like on a one-man mission to derail Spurs this season it's hilarious like every single game he comes on he's like this is my time to shine and then he just like gets sent off or gives the ball away for no reason like it's just like what's wrong with you? Greatest football ever in the 94th game. <laughs> it's such a pass. Yeah. It's uh, it's really... I don't know it's unfortunate or whether, like, you've got to question why he's been brought on for these situations because he's clearly uh, up to no good. Yeah, maybe start him and bring on Son. Maybe that might be the way. <laughs> no, maybe that's the future. But what, like, like, Why are you bringing on Mora to change a game? Like, He's not changed a game for four seasons now. I didn't well, even not, not, not for the, this not, not for the not for the better. I think yeah. he's uh, I'm sure he's already agreed to go back to Brazil next season. Um yeah. which is no surprise. Um I can't imagine any new manager's gonna be like, you know what? New contract. <laughs> I think his his race is run in every sense. So um goodbye to him. We even talk about Delaney being sacked in the week as well. Um you know what's bad news when when the interim manager's been sacked. Yeah, uh, that seems to be the common thing now. We just hire interim managers and sack them, Dave, because then you don't have to pay them. If they're just it's just a series of terrible decisions, isn't it? It's quite funny in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that brings us to the end of the games, Dave. Um, as we say, Leicester currently 2 1 up. Um, so if they can win this, uh, that's a massive three points. I mean, based on the first half, the score could be absolutely anything. 
Yeah. And I'd, like I could fall asleep now and wake up now and say, Ali, what was the score? And you could say, oh, it was 11-7. I'd be like, ah. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I just, I kind of, I don't know if I, I say, I, I hope Madison doesn't rue that as penalty, but almost what she does. <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly, if you haven't seen it, those listening, it's yeah. one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Like, I can't explain everything about it. It's terrible. The, the technique, um, the way he hits the ball, like the fact that it goes down the middle and the keeper saves it. Like, there's nothing good about the whole thing. Like, what does it go waist height for a normal? Ah, it's like it's at waist height. Pickford barely well just stood still and let it hit him, which he more or less did. <laughs> like, uh, not just, not a good penalty. What will you want when you're fighting relegation? Um, quick prediction uh, on Tuesday then, Dave. We'll, we'll not predict what the game that's going on there now. Uh, Arsenal, Chelsea. What's your uh, I think Arsenal will win. I think we'll score two goals early on. And unlike all the opponents recently, Chelsea have nothing to give. So we'll finish like that. That's the thing. I just don't see where Chelsea's goals are coming from. Um, yeah. I mean, we could do a podcast on Chelsea under Frank Lampard and we'd just sit there going, why does he play Conor Gallagher up front with Raheem Sterling? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's absolutely inexplicable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I put the the, the 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 tweet I seen during the week that I put in the chat is is the most underrated tweet of the week that um, if, if he had the time, Lampard possibly could have relegated two teams this season. Um, <laughs> phenomenal stats. <laughs> I ju- I just don't understand how he's picking the players to go like what's he doing. They can spend more than that, David. <laughs> you know, at the start of next season, he's going to have another half decent job. Well, I think Leeds are looking. <laughs> Oh, that's the job I actually want him to get. Can you imagine the uproar from Ross? Surely he can't be happy with that. I think that would finish Ross off. I think he'd just become a full-time NFL and wrestling fan. <laughs> I think Lambert should go to Rangers and see if he can up the job. That <laughs> um, but, yeah. Why are all oh, women? That's like, it's like, I'm looking at a table on the TV there, Dave, and it's like the, the Premier League, and it's like I'm seeing Reading. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> It's an odd, it was an odd thing to show. Oh, that's why the good game's going over it. I was like, it's an odd thing to show in half a time. Anyway, Dave, that brings us to the end of the football. Um, hmm. I don't think there's any other talk points this this week. I can't think of any. Um, but oh, good, good week ahead because football every night until well until Friday. Premier League games, yeah, end of the season. Let's get them all done nice and early. Um, Saturday, Sunday, oh, double game. See, this is where it all matches out for all these teams with the squads when you're playing two games a week. Um, but we'll, we shall see. Yeah. Well, Dave, if you want to let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at CM9798 and the website CM9798.co.uk. Um, soon we'll be bringing back the YouTube, which is CM9798 Players. Um, we're going to be doing season two of heads which is published soccer on the ps2 i was just waiting to ask you about that i take it the the, the second child has took it over the life too much to play computer games too much uh, it, she has which is well other than this week she's not very well but she'll get better soon and then uh then i can get the old uh the old consoles back out which i'm looking forward to oh i can't wait for that um and you can find us at man in the post on all your social media platforms um chris and the gang will be back with your friday extra time show uh, I'm, I think Ross is still looking for guests for the episode two of the, the draft show. Um, hopefully, everybody checked that out and seen that I clearly picked the best team by a mile. Um, but yeah, and we will be back next weekend to 
hear how Carl is um, about the last three games of the season. <laughs> and Simon, depending on how Villa do or what country he's in, may or may not join us as well. I think Sai's involved in the coronation next Saturday, I'm afraid. I think he's busy. Yeah, he might be the one doing the coronation. Like, does he do the anointing? Is that what? I think he does, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, we can only all live Simon's lifestyle. We <laughs> a very happy podcast. But um, Dave, thank you as always for joining me, sir. Oh, thank you, Ali. And thank you at home for listening. And always remember, keep your man in the post. <laughs>